0: If it's cool outside, and you want to grow a lot of food, and you want to use your food in multiple ways, then you've found the right place. Because right here today, we're going to talk about multi-use spring crops, right here on the Backyard Gardens podcast.
1: To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds, and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste.
0: Welcome to the Backyard Gardens Podcast, where we talk about all things gardening. We are your host, Ben in Batavia, and you can find me gardening in the country.
1: And you'll find me gardening in the city. Get ready as we dig deep into this
0: wonderful world of gardening, where we learn to grow and grow for change. All right, before we get going real quick, I want to make two announcements. Two, maybe three. Uh, one, we're having a spring sale on our t-shirts and all of our other stuff over at spring.com and use the code BYGSPRING and you'll get 25% off on your shirts and all that stuff. So have at it. We've added a couple of new shirts and all that. Do it. <laughs> and the second is if you'd like to be a patron, all the links are below. Thank you so much. We are releasing the last minisode of the month on Patreon and we have an after show that we have created. It's called the Community Gardens Podcast. It's still us. And we are th- divulging our afterthoughts on subjects. And it's a more, let's say, a raw conversation, wouldn't you, Batavia?
1: That's exactly what I'd say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think that's all I got. So, um, yeah, multi-use crops. Where did this come up? How did we come up with this?
1: Yeah, oh, it's all tied to... You know, the things that we want to grow and we want to grow more food to, you know, feed our families for a longer period of time, maybe even a year. Right. But it's not like we're going to grow all of the vegetables. So for what we grow, how can we use it in multiple ways? Yeah. Somebody hit the bell. (laughs) Small space
0: gardeners. And we want to make we want to grow large garden in small space. How's that? And so multi-use stuff. Yeah. Multi-use will go. And then truth moment, there's going to be a lot of truth moments today, I have a feeling. But we were going to do um, summer and spring together, and Miss Batavia was like, why should we? I'm like, well, and as we started thinking about it, there is actually a difference. So, we figured we would break it up. So, this week will be spring, and next week will be summer multi-use crops. And these are crops that you can can. You can freeze, you can eat fresh, they store a while. There's all kinds of different things, multiple recipes, all that stuff makes them multi-use so you can kind of stretch your harvest out longer.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for me, it's um, and it's been gradual. This is like over my years I've turned into this. I really like the idea of in my brain separating these crops into seasons because it helps me kind of manage my expectations as I'm in my summer Growing time, right? You know, my spring. I just had um, a, instead of a burger, I decided against that for lunch and I had a uh, salad. I've shared this recipe before and it had some roasted vegetables. And I have off season tomatoes because that's how I roll. But I actually was so wound up with doing something for work, I forgot to put the tomatoes in. And I was kind of like, you know, I had some roasted broccoli and carrots and I'm like, this works. This is pretty good, you know? So this has now become my spring salad.
0: There you go. Spring mm-hmm. salad and late winter. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Oh,
1: well, yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Look, late winter and early spring, they kind of they mm-hmm. meld together. It's all good.
1: Yeah. For but sure.
0: um, yeah. So I want to be clear that this doesn't just revolve around preserving. So mm-hmm. if you don't preserve, that doesn't mean you're, you're SOL. That means fine. You We will have stuff here for you because... Actually, a lot of these, if I'm not mistaken, at least my list, doesn't revolve around um, preserving at all. There's a little bit, but I just want to make sure because I know that people, some people don't preserve. Like, well, if I don't can, then I'm, I'm screwed, and that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Now, if you go in line with the rest of what we were talking about, all the different of the series of grow more, then yes, preserving is a big part of it, but it's not everything. And um, crop selection is super important. And I mean, this kind of ties into, or this ties directly into what we were just talking about and, you know, with crop selection, because there can be all types of different reasons. And this was one of the ones for me that I use where multi-use really weighs heavy on my brain because... Most things in my garden are multi use, be it crops, tools, mm-hmm. designs, all that stuff. I want to get as much as I can out of it because I don't sure. have, you know, a crazy, I don't have a couple acres of land. I have a couple square feet of land, a couple hundred square feet. So, um, and I realize that my garden and Batavia's garden may be bigger than yours, but that still doesn't mean that you're in trouble because there's all this different. You know, some of these crops will work for you and some of the techniques we'll talk about will also help you expand your garden footprint without actually making the footprint bigger.
1: Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, Garden footprint, I do want to comment on um, since we're on a roll here. On a roll. I was listening to, I think it was the first episode in the, you know, Grow More series. And I think the default for me has been more space equals being able to grow more. Right. And as I look back on that particular episode and I have to remind myself sometimes because I don't always remember, uh, it takes more time to work more land it takes more time to work mm-hmm. more vegetables if you gr- you're growing them um so the answer to growing more isn't always you know hey just get a bunch more space i love to have more space but again it's um you almost have to fine tune some of your methods even before you kind of get to that much bigger you know so
0: so correct me if i get this wrong but is, was it the great poet of the 90s that said mo money mo problems so mm-hmm. more land, more problems. Yeah. So yeah. more land is not the answer to all of this. Now, yeah. if you like, if you go back to the first episode, but he was talking about. Yeah, more land will definitely help you provide more food. You know, enough food to feed your family for a year. But just producing more food does not mean mm-hmm. that we need more land because land's at a premium, and it's just going to get more and more at a premium as sure. you know the ages go. Yeah. Would you say?
1: I'd agree. And I think that for these crops, we're going to talk about their multi use. It took me some time. And I'm talking about different growing seasons for me to figure out okay, I want to, you know, use insert this crop a third or a fourth way, right? You know, so a lot of this is really, you know, time allows you to gain additional experience. Um, So that's something that we're considering. And one other kind of um, caveat or asterisk is, for a lot of these crops, we're just talking about the vegetable itself. We're not talking about a specific variety. And there's some vegetables that kind of have your earlier producing variety versus kind of a typical, let's say it's 90 days or something. And some of that's going to matter, but we're going to leave it to you all to kind of figure that piece out for your particular growing area. Um, But as we kind of talk about spring, like the ability to produce this thing in the spring and then use it in multiple ways could depend on a particular variety you've selected and whether or not it really plays well with your particular growing climate. So
0: I was looking at my list and mine's kind of variety specific.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we'll, in, see.
0: well, let me, let me rephrase it. It's variety specific in ways, but it's not like you have to grow this variety, but okay. some of the ways I use it is variety specific. And just because I do it that way does not mean that you should do it that way, but you can do however you want. But yeah, it's some, I was just looking down at them, and if I really niched down into each one, I could pick out certain varieties of them that I grow. If I was trying to make as much food as possible, let's put it that way.
1: Mm-hmm. So it sounds like 50% of the podcast is better prepared for this episode. But hey, listen, I'm no, a wild and crazy kind mind. of gal. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm ready to go through it, even even still, right?
0: Well... Not fifty percent, thirty three percent, because Leonard doesn't care. So he's he's yeah, just yeah. like whatever.
1: He's, he's never prepared either. So no,
0: no, ever. So look, let's uh, let's do this. Let's go to the break, and then we're going to come mm-hmm. back, and we are going to give you six ish suggestions on multi use crops for your spring weather. We want everybody to have a garden, and we're going to give you a chance to win free seeds every month.
1: Head over to BackyardGardensTV.com and enter your email address to be entered in all of our giveaways.
0: Good luck. I hope you're enjoying the show today. If you could do us a simple favor and share this show or any one of our other shows on your social media, it would help us greatly. All we want is to help people grow in their gardens and this is the one thing that we can do to get more people exposed to gardening and to help them be successful in their gardens. All right. Ah, let me get across my arms and get serious here. Well oh, my uh, arms
1: are across. If you can see, though, for those that are watching this bit online, they're across just because I'm trying to hold on to some warmth. <laughs> just, you know, FYI, you know, still pretty chilly.
0: It's still cold where you are. Not here. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, so who wants to go first? Okay.
1: I'll have you kick it off.
0: Of course you will. Mm-hmm. So my first one's going to be Cabbage, mm-hmm. the almighty Cabbage, and... It's, it's a weird one because when I first started thinking about my list, I didn't see a lot of purpose behind growing the cabbage. But then I mm-hmm. harvested some cabbage and all of a sudden it came to life. So we, we grow um, specifically, we grow uh, Copenhagen cabbage, which is a smaller, earlier variety. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really mean anything. Um, you can grow whatever, but that's what we've been growing for years. And once I run out of seeds, I'll probably upgrade to something different. But we they store in the refrigerator really well. Mm-hmm. I mean, we harvested some about a month ago, and we just got around to using it. So a month in the refrigerator is good. You get enough off of one head of cabbage for multiple meals or multiple purposes. Um, specifically, what we like to do is we shred it, and then we'll pre-make egg rolls, and then mm-hmm. put them in the freezer. So they'll be pre-cooked and everything, put them in the freezer and then we can just pull them out and reheat them. So we'll use it that way. And then we also make sauerkraut with it. Um, the down, so we had two heads of cabbage and we made a batch of sauerkraut and that batch of sauerkraut would last us for the whole year. Cause I mean, mm-hmm. how much sauerkraut, I mean, are we really eating? So yeah. Um, We definitely will do that. And we may make another smaller batch of sauerkraut. I have to look and see how much we have left over, but I don't think we will. And then that's a way that you can preserve it. And you can cook it in soups, um, stews, which there is a difference, believe it or not. Um, (laughs) You can fry it. You can broil it. You can boil it. You can eat it raw in salads. So there's a whole bunch of ways you can do it. And the good thing about it is it grows like in my area in zone 8A, which is where I am. um, It will grow in the wintertime, go dormant and then come back and then we can Mm -hmm. harvest it in early spring or late winter, which we're harvesting in late winter. We've harvested five heads so far. So you can kind of see there's there's a lot of uses behind cabbage.
1: Yeah. So for you has the cabbage formed ahead as you go into from fall to winter like when you're yep. overwintering it or not yet
0: you know it's it's starting to form ahead mm-hmm. in late fall but it's not really made that solid middle yet okay so as because of our web of our weather it'll continue to make it but it's really slow yeah and so all I do is I go out and I start squeezing it and say okay it's not ready yet and w- once I feel like it gets you know, when I can put my hand around it like this Mm -hmm. and then kind of feel resistance and that's when I know it's time to harvest, but yeah, it won't start really until, I mean, I guess if you're going to make me break it down until like mid January, it would start forming that head, but it doesn't really get crazy. You know what I mean? And
1: and your ground doesn't completely freeze over, right? No,
0: no, it doesn't. But that being said, I think a row cover, if your ground did freeze could significantly help. And you could, you know, if you're in zone, I would say up to zone six, you could probably get the same results as me, providing you didn't have, like, a terribly cold, like, winter or anything like that.
1: Yeah, I'll, um, I'll be checking because I have, um a bed that's under plastic for a different purpose so I'm going to see if that soil is actually completely frozen over but my ground freezes it doesn't change the idea of it being you know a multi-use crop you know I think cabbage is an awesome one I'm just making comments regarding kind of the growing time the growing period Um, because for me I've actually had well cabbage is a cool weather crop. We know this now. I know this now, right? Didn't always (laughs) know that I've grown them in the summer. Um, and I've also grown, um, last year I tried a variety, um, planted it at the very beginning of April and it didn't form a head. The white cabbage, my red cabbage did awesome, but the white cabbage didn't. Um, so that's again, kind of going back to the point of the variety definitely matters. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't have, I think this, grow more series really opened my eyes to some other options for cabbage because yeah. I, I, I love it I enjoy it in the typical kind of sautéed um, you know kind of stir fry kind of a way but I always think to myself like how many heads of cabbage can you really consume over across a period of time right even knowing that they really hold well they in my garden stay in the garden quite a while and then once I bring it inside remove the outer leaves they stay in my refrigerator Quite a while, even knowing that, I'm kind of like, well, how many do I really want to grow? But yeah. when we started talking about this series and and then kind of these previous episodes and today in particular, it's kind of like, okay, wait, oh, it's a contender, absolutely.
0: Well, and I want to clarify something you just said. When you said, "Stay in my garden for a while," if uh, you if you're, if you're mm-hmm. new to the show or something, you don't know what Batavia means. Um, she said something really amazing one time. Of course I and did. She, oh yeah, of course. <laughs> Does she say I anything not you. amazing?
1: Yeah, I appreciate you continually bringing up the amazing moment. Yeah, of Let's course. Reflect.
0: But she said she uses her uh, garden as a, um, as a refrigerator. So you can mm-hmm. leave your cabbage out there when it's done and it will stay just fine. And it will continue to grow.
1: But mm-hmm.
0: it doesn't mean you have to harvest it right away. So not only are you storing it outside, but you're also storing it inside. So it's just a longer process. You know, it just lasts that much longer, which to me was a shocker until I started thinking about this episode. Like, what am I going to say? Cause I couldn't think of a lot of uh, spring vegetables that were good for, uh, um, multi-use.
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of them, we we kind of lean into them being like some bit of leafy green, some like kind of brassica. And a lot of those do much better um, kind of for the now versus preserving. But again, great thing about this. We were able to eke out, I can think on both of our list, um, vegetables that, you know, they're ready to be around for a while and in multiple ways. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to go next. My list is here. Um, Kale, if no one is... I mean, no one should be surprised. I'm a lover of kale. Um, I don't love it, kale as much as I love collards. But to be fair and transparent, I think kale actually is more multi-use than collards. So spoiler, collards are not on my list. We'll see if it's on beans. So anyway, so kale is a great one for eating fresh, right? Um, it is a spring crop in my garden. It's also a fall going into a kind of almost winter crop. Um, I don't overwinter it, meaning I can't harvest it just yet during the winter. But I've had kale that was growing in November. And then it comes back for another round and puts on new leaves in the spring. Yeah. So, I mean, that's super helpful, you know, when it comes to getting more out of that particular plant. Um, Eating it fresh. You can juice it. You can use it in smoothies. I know that that's been a craze for a number of years. Um, I have blanched it. You know, so washed it up, blanched it, which is, you know, getting it in some some boiling water, a couple of minutes, pulling it out and then putting it into kind of an ice bath to stop the cooking process and then freezing it um, to have it added later. You and I have talked in some um, conversations offline about the great use in kind of soups, you know, so it holds its texture really well, much better than, let's say, a spinach. Right. You know, so it's a great help for that. Um, I've not tried and probably don't have any immediate plans on trying to like ferment, you know, something like kale. Um, we know a bunch of people love kale chips. You yeah. know, um, I've seen someone that I'm pretty sure is a listener of the show, dehydrate kale and turn it into a kale pow- powder. So like a super powder, like a f- super food powder. Right. Uh, and I, that's on my list to try. I haven't tried it yet. Um, So there are a bunch of different ways you can eat it. Some of my favorite recipes include kind of a hearty green like that. Um, and there are a lot of varieties. My favorite so far is your typical curly kale, but there's a Tuscan kale, there is the slash dinosaur kale, right? There's one the, one of the ones that um Ben introduced me to is the um blue dazzling. Dazzling,
0: no, dazzling blue. Dazzling blue. Don't get it backwards now. Okay. Right,
1: yeah. DB, yeah. First dazzling and last Blue. Name. <laughs> um, I have seeds for thousand head of kale I haven't actually grown it yet What's that? which is supposed to be like a huge plant like kind of human size size plant um, so anywho a lot of options well you know we'll see I mean I've seen the leaves younger but it's kind of like Um, I believe it's treated in some areas as a perennial you know so kind of the idea of like um, almost like a a kale tree you've seen some of those too Um, so so yeah I mean I think um, there are a bunch of different ways you can cook it Um, there are a bunch of different varieties in case one in particular you're not a fan of you know um, these plants put on and continue to put on Um, and one quick note and I'm going to dump it in here for multi-use. I've had some kale plants go to seed and the amount of seeds that the plant produces, I mean, you could eat kale all your live long days. So,
0: No, that's true. And I mean, I didn't really get into saving seeds for these, but that's another aspect that we could definitely break out. I think we need to kind of break that down a little later in the future, though, a little bit more. Um, Because we're both kind of working with saving seeds. But I will Mm -hmm. say that, Um, So I actually use kale and collards interchangeably.
1: Mm -hmm, mm
0: -hmm. Interestingly enough, um, for the most part, there's some things that I I don't eat kale uh, collards raw. But um, when I put them in soups, I actually put them in like 20 minutes before it's done and cook them really good. And Mm -hmm. it softens it up. So it's uh, let me think it's like more. More palatable, easier to get down. I would say, mm-hmm, you know, because mm-hmm. like David, you know, which is my seven-year-old child, he, um, when he, he's like, "Daddy, it's growing in my mouth. I can't get it to go away." <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, it's true, you know what I mean. Yeah, so yeah, I was yeah, reading yeah. about it, and they were like those thicker leaves, um, thicker leaved greens. You put those in earlier, and they'll go. Because like cabbage, just like that, it's ready to go. <laughs> I mean, you put it at the end. Yeah. But um, I now I looked into canning it. And it was 90 Mm -hmm. minutes to pressure can. And I was like, man, it's just not worth it for me to sit there and watch my canner for 90 minutes while it pressure cans. So we're going to uh, I'm going to nix that one off of my list for canning. But the freezing I haven't done and I've thought about it and I've got enough kale out there. I might actually give it a shot.
1: Yeah. What I ended up doing was um, so after I had everything, you know, cleaned, blanched, and then I basically froze it in like cup size. Yeah. You know, and so um, it's actually allowed me to do a couple of things. So when you say you use collards and kale interchangeably, um, I had some pot liquor from a big batch of collards I made last year, and I froze the pot liquor, and so I basically thawed it and then heated it up and then tossed in the kale to cook in that pot liquor. You know, so again, it's um, it's a favorite and definitely multi-use.
0: Um, and I, I have dehydrated kale and I take it backpacking. Mm
1: -hmm. So there's that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I
0: make my own backpacking food and so we'll make soups and stuff with it and we'll take the dehydrated kale chopped up. Yeah. So solid opener for you. Solid opener. Yeah. I like it.
1: Come on with it.
0: (laughs) All right. Here we go. To nobody's surprise, I'm going to say Carrots. Mm -hmm. Now, carrots, when you think about it, you're like, oh, it's just carrots. And I'm like, yeah, it's just carrots. But as I broke it down in my head and put it in these categories, we um, the first thing is carrots take more than 73 days to grow. I want you to be known right here that I've stated that it takes almost 100 days for it to grow. I don't care what the seed packet says. Mm -hmm. That being said. Um, it's another one of these, um, garden refrigerator crops where mm-hmm. you just leave it mm-hmm. out there until you're ready to get, I just pulled one up that had been fully grown for like two months out of my garden and it was yeah. giant, perfectly edible. No, like, Oh, I could get around it. It was, it was very good. Um, mm-hmm. damn my eye itches. And then we can them so we can do that. Um, you can, they stay in the refrigerator forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you can easily get. I'd say a month out of them in the refrigerator. So we're again doing long storage in in, in the garden and in the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. And if you did a cold storage type situation, like in a, um, what's it called? Like a frost. Root cellar. A root cellar. Uh-huh. Then they will last even longer. I don't do that. I've never done that. So I can't speak about it, but I've heard a lot of good things. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can plant, I don't know if I opened up with this, but you can plant a lot in a small space. So in yeah. one square foot, Um, By the book, you can do 16. I do 12 per square foot. So Mm -hmm. you get a little bit... What happens is you get bigger carrots. But there's all these different ways. And I've actually heard of people... um, Bridgette from San Diego Seed Company, she makes a carrot green hummus where she uses Uh, it. Oh, yeah. So she'll use it to cook with and stuff like that. And I mean, it's just... It's an amazing vegetable... Plus, it's just cool as shit to grow. I mean, you have this thing in the ground. You have... Like, when we harvest the one that was two uh, two months overripe, supposedly, I had no clue it was on there. I had two sprigs sticking out. I pulled it up, and it was like eight inches long and about two inches in diameter. So... Yeah, when, when you
1: mentioned the, the hummus, I, I was thinking pesto. So I've heard people, I've uh, not been able to do it in my garden, but that's carrot That's what it was, top, pesto. Pesto? Okay, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I misspoke. Shocker. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> now, when we talk about the varieties, so this is another one. We mm-hmm. make the uh, the vegan carrot recipe that tastes like hot dogs, and yeah. we grow the scarlet nanes. I think I said it right carrot. And the, the reason why is because it's long and it's like oval shaped instead of like your classic uh-huh. triangle shape. So when you put it inside of a hot dog bun, it actually feels like a hot dog that we're eating. You know what I mean? Instead of getting like Mm-mm. all bun in one bite and then, then you're like trying to choke down this huge thing. Um, so we do that. And it's just a way to kind of introduce vegetables into our, our son's life, stuff like that. And the other thing is you can bake with it. So you can make Mm. carrot cakes, carrot muffins. You can puree it. You can put it in smoothies, put it in smoothies all the time. Juicing it is another amazing way. It's sweet. So all of these different ways. I mean, I don't think there's many forms of cooking or consuming food that I can't include a carrot if I really think about it and enjoy it. That's the key and enjoy it.
1: I was just trying to pull up. I'm pretty sure I had that same variety last year. Um, last spring. Um right. so uh, and it, it definitely I you know I won't get into how I got to them planting. Um but variety definitely again I think is an instance of it matters. So that's one for sure um that you've seen success with. I know I've grown it and seen success. I just don't know remember if it was one of the ones I started in the spring. Um mm-hmm. but yeah it's a solid one and I feel like it's like under underestimated undervalued right like uh, as the young kids say or as I used to say when I was young I feel like people may sleep on it you know as a vegetable in general um but and it's one of those things where it's pretty, you know, inexpensive in the stores, but it's not everything can't be grown just based on it being really expensive in the stores. Yeah. And then in turn, you're going to grow it in your garden. I mean, again, you know, grow more this is what we're talking about. So all of these additional veggies matter when it comes to the grand scheme of things, you know, so don't sleep on carrots. <laughs>
0: no. And I mean, I think I didn't grow them for a long time simply because they're not like the sexiest
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: vegetable to grow. I mean, yeah. it doesn't look like anything until you pull it up, and you're like, "Wow!" Yeah. So, um, I mean, there's just it's it's amazing. And this was one that was an eye opener for me as we were doing this too, because I struggled with it, and then I looked at my pants and I'm like, "Wait, I canned carrot. I have canned carrots. I have that pureed hab- habanero stuff that I gave the recipe mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. Um, habanero carrot spread." Which, by the way, I didn't do a good job. I put too much lime in it. It tastes like heartburn. So we're going to just scrap that one and redo it uh. next year. It's a learning process. But that's Mm -hmm. just different ways that you can use it. So it's really versatile. I I was, I mean, it was just, I can't express enough how much I was shocked when I did that.
1: Mm -hmm. And this is one that, I think it's one of the few that we're going to come across that could be used also for baking, right? You know, for the spring series, which... A lot of these will also, someone's garden is going to be able to grow these and be able to use these in multi ways, multiple ways in the fall as well. Like it doesn't exactly translate to everybody's single garden, you know, like it depends on what your weather is like, but you know, I'm going to give a whirl for many of these in the fall as well. So, you know, these cool weather veggies, if you will. So And I can, I can grow carrots
0: almost year round. Uh I have to take a, I can't sow them in the middle of summer. But I can pick back up and then they will grow throughout the winter as long as I can get them started because they are tricky to start. But once Mm -hmm, I get them started, mm -hmm. I'm I'm good to go. Okay. so there's that. So carrots, put it on your list. Batavia, go.
1: Done. It actually was on my list. I had to add like I had like five items because I knew we were going to bump heads on a couple. So carrots were on my list as well. Um, So onions is my next one. So the fourth one for our collective list is onions. And again, it's one of those things where it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. Super duper cheap in the stores and as far as I know, in most stores. Um, However, it's one of those veggies that uh, actually it's a is it Allium? Is that?
0: Yeah. Allium. A-L-L-I-U-M.
1: Yeah. So So it is um, we use it like. In everyday cooking like it's a staple right you know so the reason why i chose it is that and i have been trying for a few years to grow them i've still yet to get to the point of having like your like sandwich size slicer onion but i'm still working at it Um, i've been growing with sets and generally speaking they've done pretty well like i've actually got to the point of producing onions onions is a classic like um for most types most varieties not all but they hold in your storage for a really long time right you know so i planted onions in the spring last year like at the beginning of april the sets i probably started pulling them out like kind of midsummer they probably were a little bit overgrown i in march still have onions that are fresh they haven't started to sprout they still are in my cabinet i've still I've been eating on them a little bit by a little bit they're a little bit harder to to uh, to cut than the regular onions I got from the store, so that's do you the reason why they're in the back burner. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm just gonna have to start. You know what? Some of them are small enough to do kind of those pearl like kind of onions. I'm just gonna toss it in. You know. Yeah. Um, but you can actually you know chop them up and freeze them if you want. You know to add into yeah. dishes similar to how you would do like um, a sweet pepper. You know you cut up a sweet pepper, dice it up or whatever. Um, I have not tried canning it meaning like just straight onions however I've added it to a bunch of canned recipes you know so some of the recipes I do a home style like um, pickled jalapeno pepper and I also add carrots and onions You have the recipe and I really like that mixture of them um, so obviously you know you're cooking them um, I feel like Once I get to the point of the type of onion I want, like sweet versus, you know, kind of your regular white onion versus your red onion, and I can put it in a space that it's kind of prime time, I feel like I'm going to be in a space where I don't have to buy onions at all, which is actually, it's a nuanced piece of grow more and can you grow enough to feed your family for this period of time, right? Like I don't expect for that to happen Overnight in my garden. But I love the idea of I'm not buying tomato sauce. I haven't bought tomato sauce from the grocery store. And now 2021, 2022, we're going in. This is the second full year. Yeah. Two and a half years or whatever. So there could be a time where I'm not going to buy onions from the grocery store. They're all homegrown, you know.
0: So a couple I have a couple of thoughts. Mm-hmm. One, I've been trying to grow onions for two years. Last year, I got the the little sets. And they all flowered. And so what I read was because they're sets, they think that it's their second year. So they're really prone to flowering. Mm -hmm. So just be very careful on that because they are a biennial. So they they grow one year. And then once it gets hot, cold, hot, cold, then they will start to make flowers and try and reproduce. Mm -hmm. So there's that. Um, This year I tried to do totally by seed and completely failed. But that was because also um, the seeds aren't as viable. So you kind of need to um, yeah. get new seeds every year. So that was my fault, which I, I kind of knew that going into it. But what I will say is if you are going to grow food for your family for the year, you have to grow onions because it is such a staple in our diets. Yeah. I mean, in some form or fashion, like, I mean, I know people are like, yeah, I'll eat onions cooked, but I won't eat them raw or vice versa. Mm -hmm, You know, mm -hmm. you put them in sandwiches, salads, you know, all this stuff. I feel like, and you can put so many in a small space, you know, it's like if we eat an onion a day, that's 365 onions you need for a year. And (laughs) then, you know, I need to break out my calculator real quick. But if you I eat, just love
1: the way your mind works, I love that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and so let's say it's 365. I'm sure somebody out there's like, damn it, I know the answer already. <laughs> um, and you can put 16 in a square foot. That means in 22, 23 square feet, you can have enough onions for a whole year. That's, that's I mean, nothing. That's chump change, honestly.
1: It's so wild, because how many recipes do you start off sauteing onions and just to note just a kind of a tip here, um I have a friend that his wife and he try to limit the amount of oil they use um so water sauteing is absolutely a thing, right? you know so't I'm feel sitting like- right here,
0: you don't have to talk like I'm not here. <laughs>
1: I have two friends where he oh you and have his somebody wife. else yeah 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 oh, okay, yeah absolutely okay. absolutely um, so I got anyway, really I mean, weird I,
0: for a second
1: <laughs> <laughs> wait that real weird moment of maybe it's really the same person maybe I've duplicated yeah. them in my mind no really um, so I mean I think we could go on and on but I think there's a part of trying to convince like all of you that are listening because I, I truly feel like in our gardens we kind of just l- look past onions. You know, and then you sprinkle in, there is a little bit of difficulty depending on how you're trying to grow them. You know, there's the the long day versus short day. So, I mean, it's not, it's not my beloved tomato. And in my mind, that's super duper easy to grow. Uh, but it's absolutely worth it.
0: Well, yeah. So um, long day versus short day it's depends on where you live depends Mm -hmm. on what variety you need to get so be aware of that i'm glad you brought that up Mm -hmm. but um yeah it is difficult but at the same time it's one that you put in super early in the year if not like and like i hear i plant them i can plant the seeds outside in december Mm -hmm. so if you think about that that's i mean that's crazy you know what i'm saying that's crazy talk
1: And up until the point where you pull it out, it's absolutely a set it and forget it crop. You know, so after you pull them, you do, unless you're going to eat them, then you do want to cure them, you know. Um, But between you planting them and then that point of harvesting, like it is not finicky in any Mm -mm. way. Um, So a low maintenance crop is probably the proper term. (laughs) Um, That shit's
0: shining pretty high right now. I mean, honestly, like onions, they're looking pretty damn good right now.
1: (laughs) I didn't grow them
0: because of the cost for years. That's why I didn't. Cause I can get a whole bag of onions for four bucks. Yeah. But then I started thinking about it um, or, you know, maybe it's, no, it's not even four bucks. It's like a dollar 50, mm-hmm, but then you're like, okay, mm-hmm. but that's like 50 cents an onion. You know yeah. what I mean? Or 25 cents an onion. It's crazy.
1: And it said that there, there are some benefits and I don't want to go too far down this road and take us too far off track, but there are some benefits when it comes to, you know, kind of, um, pests when it comes to onions. Um, so, I, I lean and I can't say for certain if I sign on to it, but let's pretend for a moment that that is absolutely the case. It's a beneficial plant, if you will, for your garden. So,
0: yeah, <clears throat> I like it. I'll take it. I'm gonna keep trying. This is my second year trying. I'll do it again. Mm-hmm. I'm no rooting thing. for you. Thank you. All right. So, my final one I know people, my final <laughs> one is uh, peas. So mm-hmm. this one again, mm-hmm. is variety specific, but it's not variety specific. That's the thing. So um, I'm I'm and I'm a legend in my own mind for growing <laughs> snow peas. <So laughs> I've been growing snow peas for years and years and years. love them. I plant them in January. I stick the seed in the ground, they come up. I get plenty of peas. But um, this year, or no, last year, I started growing shelling peas. And I didn't do so great with them, but what I did with them um, shocked me because shelling peas, when you grow them, you, you pick them, you can eat them raw, you can shuck them, obviously, I think, or shell them. And then Mm -hmm. you can freeze them or can them just like you would at the grocery store. You can eat them fresh. You can eat them by themselves, which that's really important here is when we start talking about, there's some vegetables that you just like, I mean, when's the last time you took an onion and sauteed the whole onion, just ate the onion? You know what I mean? It's a really good point. Yeah. There's some things that we just don't eat by themselves, but this one you can. Um, And if you've never grown a shelling pea and eaten one, like shelled it in the garden, ate it. Let me tell you, it puts a whole new meaning to sweet pea. So um, I grow multiple varieties now. Right now I'm growing uh, telephone pole peas, which, I mean, it doesn't really mean anything. They just get big. But um, (laughs) the plants themselves. But we use them for a lot of things. We use them in soups and stews and casseroles. And I put them in salads. You can get a couple of them and open them up and put them in salads. They're really good. They're higher in protein.
1: Mm -hmm. So there's
0: that. Um, They're also high in carbs. There's a lot of energy inside of the pea. Um, What we do is like I'll sit down, I'll harvest them and then I'll shell them. And I usually get my son and we'll sit around and we'll just talk while we shell. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we'll just like have a conversation, which adds another benefit because then that's like one on one time that we get we'll sit there and a lot of times the conversation's like this sucks this is you know but still <laughs> the it's most i like use
1: a, the most i use here is family bonding you know yeah, I'm here for it's, it mm-hmm. it's a
0: bonding moment you know and i'll take a sandwich bag and we'll just put them all in the sandwich bag and we'll have a running baggie full of them in the in the freezer and so we'll do it that way but um and then snow peas you eat the uh the juvenile pea in the shell mm-hmm. in the pod excuse me and I mean, if you go to the grocery store, it's like $4 for a quarter pound of them. And I'm getting a half a pound a day in the peak, you know, because I grow, I usually grow two rows of them. So I'll grow two eight foot rows or an eight foot and a four foot row. So I get plenty of peas. They grow vertically. So mm-hmm, you're mm-hmm. not taking up hardly any space in your garden. The cost is building a trellis, which if you're growing stuff in the summertime, a lot of times you're already growing trellising plants, so this is just one more thing that you can add to it. You can utilize it in other times of the year. It's an amazing crop. I mean, to me, it's, it's, it's really important for us because the key with all of these that I have given is either they hold over during the winter where I am, or you plant them super early in the winter, so you're getting food a lot sooner.
1: Yeah. So I encourage you to go to Instagram and check a post of mine from June of 2021. There are two posts that refer to um, what I always call a sweet peas, but they're shelling peas. Right. Um, And I have historically eaten sweet peas you know green peas is also the way we refer to them kind of growing up Um, and they've never been really great it's kind of like you need a vegetable so that's what you're going to eat you know Um, and I grew them last year and one of the sweetest and most enjoyable things that came out of my garden now I only got like quite literally a handful where I'm sending it to you for Instagram it's like a handful that's what I got you know but I'm going bigger this year it um It truly is. And one of the questions that someone asked was, is it worth the time? Like the idea of shelling it. And absolutely, you know, um, we, there are a bunch of different factors here. We probably have six or seven or eight different kind of considerations when we talk about kind of multi-use, is it worth growing in your garden? And this is absolutely one of them because you're getting a much better uh, vegetable than you would from your grocery store, period, point blank. I'm standing on that.
0: I'm digging in an Instagram and I can't find it. Oh, well. You did, know. did you send it to me?
1: No, I didn't. But clearly, you're not looking close enough. I guess I'll send it to you. I'm looking. I'm looking. No, I, if, I agree. If you're you know. one of the many listeners, I'll, I'll send like I can forward this on to like a thousand plus people. You know, uh,
0: that's all good. You know. <laughs> Just get it out there.
1: Mm-hmm. Hopefully,
0: we got your phone number. Yeah. No, for me, for me, the peas. Um, Are And they're relatively pest-free. The only issue I've had with them is aphids. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's the only thing that I've really had an issue with is aphids. And I mean, again, for me, aphids are no sweat. They're pretty easy to take care of. Um, They are the weaklings of the gardening pest world, if you ask (laughs) me, because you knock them off and they can't climb back up. You know, they're too weak. So it's definitely manageable, but...
1: Look, punk ass aphids uh, yeah. so, <laughs> screw an aphid um, yeah I, although it almost took me out last year my indoor aphids we'll talk about that on another um, another episode so you mentioned like you can plant them in your area in January but generally speaking no matter where you are it's one of the first things that you can plant Snow peas in particular uh, Is one of the first things you can plant in your garden And there's like, as we, a lot of us No matter, again, your weather You're not fully into the garden like you normally would be During kind of the height of the growing season And it's really nice to be able to get out And put something in the soil Right, so um, Sweet peas, shelling peas Are a little bit more tender you know. But definitely for your snow peas Get out there and put some of those peas in Oh, 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 this is probably I'm going to say Um, this is in front of my last one when it comes to one of the easiest things to save seeds for the easiest things to save seeds for.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so it's funny you say that because I was just thinking I did a video recently. uh, I think it's like early spring gardening guide or something. And it talked about these three vegetables. And that was one of the things I talked about with peas was, mm-hmm. you know, if you let them sit too long, they'll go. And I had this big Ziploc bag full of peas. I'm like, this is just from me being lazy and not picking. I have all these <laughs> seeds to save. Yeah. So you really only need to buy one pack of seeds and then you're never you're good for ever, yeah. you know, and ever.
1: And again, this is off topic, topic, but I can't help myself. This is also an opportunity for you to try different varieties of a particular shelling pea, right? Because again, one if you find one that you like, you're golden. But let's say, hey, you're interested in trying a second or a different variety. Again, all you're ever going to invest really is that one package, that one yeah. package of seeds.
0: you know. So And it's a great entry point into saving seeds. Yep. But I'm not going to go too well deep said. into saving seeds because we're going to go into Batavia's final... Yeah. Touchable.
1: So number 6 for us, it's potatoes. I Come knew on. it. Come I knew. On. It. I was waiting for it. Yeah, I mean, who I mean, you have to know. If yeah. you're new here, you don't, but now you do. If you've been here a while, you know, my love. Uh love love I don't want to say hate I can't say hate um the challenges sometimes I face when it comes to potatoes but neither here nor there it absolutely is like the king and queen of multi-use right you know so I mean do we need to go down the idea of you're not eating it raw but there is potato salad, there is, you know, roasted potatoes, there are french fries, there's, um, did I say mashed potatoes? There, you know, any type of, you know, kind of whole meal, shepherd pie, like, it goes on and on. Um, hash clearly you Brown. could, hash browns, which is one of my favorites, right, Dude. you know, um, and hash browns in a bunch of different forms right shredded versus like you can make your own patties if you want but listen now it's one of my favorite foods period so it's a main
0: ingredient in fish cakes too
1: i don't know if i've ever had fish cakes
0: oh girl when you come down here i'm gonna hook you up
1: i feel like i don't want to but because i feel like you need to the only style of potatoes that i've had that i don't like is scallop potatoes i just i can't I know it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Potatoes, cheese, like, but that's not my thing. Um, I've not had them, but you swear by canned potatoes, like canned white potatoes.
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> so if you live in the South, look, all my Southern people, you know what's up. You go somewhere <laughs> and everybody's having a barbecue, like a big barbecue. You mm-hmm. always are going to get the, you know, obviously the barbecue or whatever. Green beans and canned new potatoes every single Mm -hmm. time that's Mm -hmm. like a staple it's really good and I actually really thoroughly enjoy my favorite way to eat potatoes are boiled potatoes Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so easy you know what I mean just drop them in and cook them away
1: yeah and you know they're potato chips come on
0: I never made a homemade potato chip
1: I haven't either but I feel like I got to now that's Uh, messing with the
0: dark arts
1: (laughs) Yeah. hashtag it the dark arts um so this is also because ben keeps on trying to pull me back from going here but we're at the end now uh this is a great um garden veggie in that it does there is storage right it's not they're not going to last you a full year like I, i don't I've not heard of anyone that's been able to store potatoes and use them a year later, like just kind of in a cool place. However, this is one of those that last year's harvest could be this year's seed potatoes. And I think that's super cool.
0: Yeah. And I mean, they still store a long time.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Look, you don't have to. I think there's a misconception um, out there in the world. You don't have to have something in order to be great for this grow more series or feeding your family for year that last a whole year. This is why we do seasonal eating. Mm-hmm, when the potatoes mm-hmm. come in, we'll eat the shit out of potatoes. And as they <laughs> go away, we're good. You know, you get your fill. So, you, you know, the benefit of them though, is that they will, they will last longer than things, So you can mm-hmm. still continue to eat them and eat them. So, I mean, you know, and you can also preserve them in multiple ways. Like, again, canning potatoes, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm personally. So this is my first real go at growing white potatoes this year. I am for sure going to can some potatoes. I don't care if I have to watch it for 90 minutes. I don't know what the times are on it, (laughs) but I'm going to do it. It's, It's happening.
1: Yeah. Good on you.
0: But um, no, potatoes, solid choice. And you get a lot of, there's a lot of different varieties of potatoes, too. Mm -hmm. So that's Mm -hmm. the thing. I mean, you can have within one garden bed, you can have red potatoes, white potatoes, and yellow potatoes, you know, golden potatoes. And they're all for boiling, baking, and frying. Yeah. So, you you know, there's a lot of variety in there, too. And then you can pack them in a small place.
1: And then just, you know, uh, potatoes are... What is it? Short, mid, long. Uh, So the harvest time, depending on the potato, you can get kind of your earlier potatoes based on it being a short season potato versus a longer season potato. Um, So it gives you a chance to kind of stretch out that season, if you will. Um, So. So, yeah, man, it's winning.
0: Winning. All right, everybody. Check it out. You've heard six multi-use crops from us. Now I have to do something. But. I'm going to give you the recipe of the day. And then we're going to come back with some honorable mentions. This episode is proudly sponsored by the garden. We share from North South books. It's an inspiring new picture book written by Zoe Tucker and illustrated by Juliana Swaney, the number one New York times bestselling illustrator of we are the gardeners by Joanna Gaines. This beautiful book, celebrates the friendship between a young girl and an elderly woman as they plant seeds in a community garden alongside friends and neighbors, waiting for the seeds to flower. A great gift for all ages on sale spring 2022 at a bookstore near you or online. Please visit northsouth.com for more information. To everything there is a season in this beautiful book about treasured memories and gardening. Hey everybody, thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast.
1: If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up.
0: You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description.
1: With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya.
0: Alright, today I'm going to do something a little bit different. Instead of giving you like one recipe, I'm going to tell you how to make a meal. <clears throat> so what we do, we, we, a lot of times we'll have dinner eggs in our house. Dinner eggs—they're different than everybody likes breakfast for dinner. But we're gonna make our eggs taste like dinner. So what we do is you just get—you know—cook your eggs like normal, or get ready to cook them like normal. And when you put some oil in or something, it gets nice and hot. You crack your egg, you put it in there. We're gonna fry them, but you're gonna let the edges start to get a little brown until it's not—or until it's not runny. You know when you can tilt the pan and the white Mm -hmm. won't run or anything. And then we're gonna put red wine vinegar in. So what we do is you put it, I would put maybe about a quarter inch into the pan. You don't want to overwhelm it too much, but put that in and then give it some salt, pepper, garlic, onion powder, just to kind of, you really want to separate it from your breakfast foods. Mm -hmm, And then mm -hmm. on another pan, what we're going to do is we're going to take and we're going to heat up some sesame oil. And in that sesame oil, we're going to use our green of choice. You can use spinach, you can use kale, you can even use collards. Even though, I, even though I just said I use them interchangeably, I wouldn't for this. But um, I put that in there, and then I will actually cook it down until I want, I don't want to say crispy, but it's definitely not. It's definitely got brown edges on some of the greens, and so we'll do that. And I'll put garlic salt in there. Um, specifically garlic salt, not garlic and salt, unless you know how to make garlic salt. And if you don't, garlic salt, uh, if you make garlic and salt, there's more salt than garlic. And then we'll take asparagus, and we're going to cook it just about the same way, but we're not going to put garlic in, we're just going to put salt. And I like to cook, I like to use the thin asparagus, the small ones, and then we cook those until they brown, put a little bit of, um, what's the thick salt called? Sea salt. Mm-hmm. Put sea salt on it and cracked pepper, And you put that on the plate, and you're good to go. And I personally, I like to have my eggs runny. So, you know, where the yolks runny. I don't know what Mm – I don't ever get the term right, whatever it's Mm -hmm. called. But I like to have it like that. So, we do that. And if you want um, sourdough bread or something like that, you can sop it up. But the dinner eggs, it's the red wine vinegar is key. If you don't have red wine vinegar, you can use uh, just red wine. But I would be careful. If you don't like a lot of vinegar flavor, then don't use a whole lot of it. But if you do, then have at it and just work your way up until you figure out what you want. It's better off to start less and go up. But once they fry up a little bit more, you don't want them swimming in the vinegar. Okay, you want it to kind of cook down and get out of there. And your eggs are going to have like a little bit of a red tint. But that's okay because we're going to separate dinner eggs from breakfast eggs.
1: (laughs) well done i'm um so there is you know, a fried egg like you described and then there's over easy where you kind of cover the little bit of the the egg yolk and i just learned four years ago three or four years ago that i like my i i eat eggs a bunch of ways but i actually enjoy it a little bit runny as well I don't so know, maybe if you I just... go back to
0: our conversation earlier and i was talking about fish cakes uh-huh, uh-huh. if you take a fish cake and you put it on the bottom So, this is the ultimate carb way to eat fish cakes and eggs. You get a little bit of, make a little bit of rice, and then you put um, a little pat of rice down, and then you put a fish cake on top, and then you put Mm -hmm. where the yolk is running on top of that, and you take your fork and you stab it right in the middle and let that yolk run into Mm -hmm. that rice and everything. Goodness gracious, that's good.
1: Yeah, it's one of those weird things where I'm a little bit freaked out about it, but I really enjoy it. Yeah. you know, Remember we were talking on Instagram, uh, uh, this is a couple of weeks ago now, about kohlrabi and how it kind of freaks us out, but we like growing yeah. it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely an alien vegetable for sure.
1: I'm going to try it and I'm going to actually listen to you as I make this recipe because I want to get it exactly how you described it. I'm uber curious about the red wine vinegar. Is it Does yeah. it add a little bit of bitterness to it?
0: Yeah, so, I mean, truth moment, I told you there's going to be another truth moment. (laughs) When I came up with this recipe, I was, like, in my 20s or something. I was at a friend's house, and, I mean, we had been drinking, like, 40s and stuff like that, and I was like, let's make (laughs) eggs, and we started putting stuff in, and when we put the red wine vinegar in, we were like, holy crap, this is really good. Like, we couldn't Mm -hmm. believe it, so we just kind of been doing it ever since, and I think it's a little bit of the vinegar and a little bit of the wine, it just separates it, Mm -hmm. but then it gets that little bite from it, so that's good yeah
1: um and then would you uh recommend or would you be okay with subbing in chard as a the leafy green oh yeah forgot i forgot to say
0: chard. i would okay. use chard all day long i got so much chart it's ridiculous right now
1: <laughs> yes we're looking pretty good man this uh, the friend that i am is proud and happy for you and not jealous because lie, i like mean, a cheap
0: rug but that's okay no I appreciate man this it. is i appreciate as it
1: I, when you said the thick salt i thought rock salt which is used <laughs> outdoors right like that's where my head still is yeah. i can't break free of you know the prison of winter that i'm in you know but i can separate the two right? so, call me in about um, three
0: days when winter is back though yeah yeah there's that's that. that's the yeah. trick so look we got to do a couple honorable mentions okay do you want to give... Um, I'm going to give one and then you give one. So, mine is... I'm going to go first just because I, I came up with the idea last minute. <laughs> okay.
1: Shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, garlic. So, garlic mm-hmm. you planted in, like, November, man. And it you just mm-hmm. let it sit. It's just like an onion. But it's another staple. And it will last all year. And it takes up, I mean, 16 per square foot. And I actually do go by that number for this 16 per square foot. So um mm-hmm. I think it's definitely a go on that. It's I mean it's it I mean if you don't like garlic, whatever, but a lot of people I mean it's either you love it or hate it. And I know yeah. personally when they call for a clove of garlic, I'm putting four or five in. And it's like you cook some food and there's like garlic in the pan and be like, What's that smell? It smells delicious. I'm like, it's just garlic. That's all I've cooked at this point is garlic.
1: Yeah, so I um and this isn't what you're describing exactly, but it it comes from it. So I have a kind of a house seasoning mix, which is uh, salt, garlic powder, and um, pepper. And yeah. every time I use it, I use it a lot on my potatoes. And every time I use it, and I take a bite, I always pause and say, mm, "What is that? It's so good!" And it's always the garlic. It's a always second the later, garlic. I'm like it's the garlic, yeah. Um, and
0: it protects you from vampires. So let's not trip. Let's know that recognize yeah. that this is a real thing. So I'm good.
1: Yeah, there's a part of my kind of I talked about the dark side of Batavia and it's like kind of, you know, your post apocalypse. But I'm always preparing for zombies and never, never vampire. So I feel like maybe I'm not as prepared as I I really think I am.
0: Yep, And um, just a heads up to everybody that's listening. I am growing my garlic 100 percent from store grocery store bought garlic this year. Nothing else. So we're going to yeah. see how that works.
1: I'm rooting for you. I did a split of it. I have some there are from the grocery store and some that's from like an online purchase. Uh, so real quick, my honorable will mention um, and you'll hear me talk a lot about it. And it's just I'm trying to speak it into existence. Um forget how much space it takes just remember this broccoli can be used in any number of ways including a late winter early spring uh salad like i had today Um, uh, so yeah 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 fresh absolutely you can add it to any number of things who doesn't want a potato with some broccoli and some cheese um you can again go down the road of freezing it absolutely um it actually keeps really well, you know those um those those little like um spinners, salad spinners that keep, you know, you wring it your water out of your salad leaves. So I use those to store some vegetables and there's some other actual container that's for this purpose. But if you put them in there, I mean I've had it's store-bought, don't get me wrong, but I've had some broccoli in my refrigerator for weeks upon weeks. Right. Uh-huh. You know, so it definitely stores well. Um, I have not tried to can it, nor have I seen any recipes with canning Ooh, and I've no. not heard anything about fermenting. Um, however, you know, you can put it in a bunch of dishes. If you give me a creamy pasta, you better believe I'm going to add some broccoli to it. Just, you know, that's just the way I have to roll.
0: Dude, steam broccoli, steam it in soy sauce. Best thing ever. That's it. Two ingredients. It's a previous your
1: life. recipe of the day. Yeah, it
0: is a previous recipe of the day. Um, so one, two things real quick. One, you can also eat the leaves. Remember last year when I thought I was eating collards and I was actually eating broccoli leaves. So yeah, you mm-hmm. can eat the leaves. <laughs> I felt kind of stupid when I did that when I figured it out. And two, you didn't say what I wanted you to say. So I, I feel never like do. we got to just do the honorable honorable mention. And that's turnips. You can eat the root and the leaf. Yeah. yeah. So and then you, I mean, it goes on from there. Okay. It's a lower carb option from potatoes. You you know mm-hmm. what? Go listen to the You Should Grow Turnips podcast that we did episode, and you'll know all about turnips. And you'll also know all about... I think we did potatoes, didn't we?
1: No, but listen. No. Who's going to add it to our future list? Uh-oh. It's
0: coming on soon. <laughs> all right, everybody. Check it out. If you want to support us, link is below patreon.com to... Exclusive episodes a month for you so far. Thank you so much if you are a patron. Thank you so much if you're considering to be a patron. And thank you so much for being here. Spring, BYG, is the code. 25% off. Good until June 20th, the last day of spring. Duh. All right, everybody.
1: Grow more. And see ya.
0: We hope you enjoyed today's show. Please follow us on YouTube at Backyard Gardens TV.
1: Instagram at Backyard Gardens TV. Over on our website, BackyardGardensTV.com, and then we have Patreon at Backyard Gardens.
0: Don't forget to check out our links below to help the show. Thank you so much for joining us as we learn to grow and grow for change. Cut. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time.
1: All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in.
0: Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast.
1: If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up.
0: You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description.
1: With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya.